Okay, thank you, Luca. Appreciate thank it. You. All right, we got KP up next, guys. KP. KP. That was you said. I'm Luca Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the back. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs dot com the come home kid the one more thinking what you got for me isaac harris we got a mavs win that's all we have let's go absolutely a mavs win we'll take it and i just want to say before we do anything else if you skip the intro which i understand some people think that uh you never skip the bobon intro right never skip the bobon intro but the regular never. intro i understand for the podcast i understand you guys skip but do not skip this one at the very beginning one of the funniest things we've ever seen heard lucas say he gets up from his zoom <laughs> zoom seat you added that in there <laughs> of my course Lord. of course oh i God. added it in there uh so he says something hilarious to kp so go listen to the beginning of this pod uh so there you go oh all right on Lord. the show today isaac harris we are going to be breaking down the mavericks 118 to 115 win over the 76ers it was a bumpy one overtime Overtime, overtime win for the last scrimmage game. All the scrimmage games are done for the Mavs now. We're moving into seeding games on Friday. We're excited about that. So we're going to break down this final game. A lot of ups and downs. I mean, ups at the very the first half. The third quarter was down. Fourth quarter and overtime were back up. There's a lot of stuff to talk about in those games. We're going to hear from Luca and KP about getting ready for the Houston games. We'll talk all about that. Uh, all right. Isaac. What's your big takeaway from the Mavs' huge win against the 76ers? By the way, without Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons didn't play the entire second half in overtime, and uh, Luka and Porzingis didn't play in the entire fourth quarter or overtime either. So just want to put that out at the beginning if you didn't get to watch it. Well, I'm over here debating on if I should pull my other co-host power of saying we should not use that intro to the pod. I have overruled you. (laughs) As As the one that edits the audio, I have overruled you. Um, the free throws, they still suck at free throws right now. Um, and defense wise, still struggling a little bit. Uh, I mean, really, Rick's first comment in the post game presser uh, was the whole third quarter thing. He's like, "Yeah, we're really we're struggling in third quarters," uh, which feels like it's been. I don't know. It just could Forever. be in my head at this point. It feels like it's been years. It's but. embedded into the DNA of the Mavericks to to be bad in the third quarter. It feels like it's like the opposite. Wasn't it the Warriors that their third quarters were like historic, and you knew that third quarters for them, yeah, were third just quarter be Warriors, insane. that was a thing, and it was so much fun. It happened all the time, and it feels like this is the opposite at this point. And I mean, I know we're what three basketball games in, back into the season, and. At one point, I was like, kind of like, uh, like this is kind of rough to watch. Like, I was kind of feeling bad watching at that point. Yeah, it did. It did get a little rough there. So you mentioned the, the free throws. This has been a thing we've kind of harped Derek Harper on a whole bunch. Uh, they were twenty four of thirty two for free on the free throw line, seventy five percent. That doesn't sound too bad, but they still missed what is it uh, eight free throws. So. They still really need to hit that. Uh, Porzingis was 7 of 9. Luca was 4 of 6. So they only both missed 2 each. 
Uh, Tim Hardaway missed two as well. And then Ju- Justin Jackson and Boban missed, missed uh, one each as well. Because at one point, I remember the broadcast saying that Dallas had missed more free throws than Philly had made. Yeah. And uh, you, you, I don't know if you ever want to be on that side of... Yeah, you're getting the opportunities, so you are going to the line more. Like, the Mavs were going to the line more, which is what you want, but if you're missing more than the other team is making, then that advantage you're getting of going to the line isn't helping because you don't get the ball back after you shoot free throws, unless it's a technical, which we had in this game, by the way. Dorian Finney-Smith got the Mavs' first technical of the bubble. Uh, That might be one of the first technicals of the whole bubble. I don't know if I've seen many technicals in the bubble so far. But you mentioned the defense. This is definitely something we'll continue to to, uh, Derek Harper on. The Mavericks scored. The Mavericks got outscored thirty-eight to twenty-four in ten minutes in the third quarter. So the Mavericks starters against the 76ers without Simmons or Embiid outscored thirty-eight to twenty-four in ten minutes in the third quarter. That's bad. That that's just. I mean, the offense is not showing up. At the, I mean, the offense twenty-four points in ten minutes is not. You know, it's actually pretty good, right? Like that's that's about the amount of points that you think that they would score. But allow, but allowing thirty eight points to a team without Simmons or Embiid, they're missing two All Stars, and you allow them to score thirty eight points in ten minutes against your own starters. That's a problem. Yeah, that I mean, just them going into. I mean, the first quarter was incredible. I mean, that was a lot of fun. They held Philly. You know, Philly was kind of it looked like they were kind of just off. I mean, you obviously didn't have Joel Embiid in the game from the beginning. So, uh, I think after the first quarter is what 24-13. Yeah. Uh something something like that. And uh Philly was you know, you, Philly shot 18.5% in the first quarter. Yes, they were like 5 of 27 from the field, I think in the first quarter and uh, I thought Ben Simmons struggled a little bit in the first um but yeah, they just didn't have Embiid. So, the game goes along, third quarter happens and Ben Simmons pretty much out for the second half, so no Simmons, no Embiid. And you're like, all right, now it's, you know, and the Mavericks still left their starters in there. I mean, Luca played uh, 26 the- minutes tonight, and yeah, they had an extended run into the second half. They didn't play the fourth, but uh, extended run at least, and they could just never. I don't know. It was just, it was just weird. It's almost like they were playing down to the opponent. It seemed like that. It didn't seem like they were putting a ton of effort on the defensive end as well. Maybe that's just because it was the last scrimmage, but we keep saying that, right? Like, we keep saying, eh, it's a scrimmage game, eh, it's a scrimmage game. So, we'll see on Friday when they play the Rockets if this thing actually, you know, has, like, if they actually show up and play some real defense. We'll, we'll talk about the Houston game in a little bit, but uh, allowing 41 points in that third quarter, 38 of those came in those in those first 10 minutes when the starters were out there. The starters played 10 minutes into the third quarter. It's kind of an extended shift for those guys because Carlisle knew he wasn't going to play them the whole rest of the game. So they got that whole run and they just didn't. They just did not play well. Maybe they knew it was their last shift before actual you know ba- basketball that matters. But that was pretty concerning. The first half though was pretty good uh, and. The Mavericks weren't really hitting threes that well. They were three of nine in the first quarter. I don't think they hit that many more in the second quarter, and they were still uh, coming out and scoring. It was kind of a slower game, like Isaac mentioned. Uh, Chris Osporzingis had a really good first quarter. I think we need to talk about him, too. Uh, So we'll get to him in a second, though. Uh, But, all right, uh, there's so much stuff to get to. Do you have anything you want to get to before we uh, talk about Porzingis? I just want to say that it, the supporting cast was was huge as far as the them losing the game tonight. When you look at Luka and KP, you almost expect their production. But we've mentioned this before on this pod. You almost have to have one of those other guys 
hit that 20 mark, hit the, you know, give you 20, 25, preferably two of them, whether it's just Seth, Seth and Tim, or like Maxie gave you 18 the other night. What if, you know, Dorian steps up every now and then, gives you 15 to 20, hits like four threes, whatever. Well, you look at them tonight, and they, they were combined seven of 26 from the field for a total of 22 points. Those four guys. I caught, I tweeted out and said the connect four guys. Uh, nice. And, ha, ha. Um, but I don't know, whatever we want to call those guys, because we, we all kind of agree it's a top six in the rotation uh, with Maxi in that sixth spot. Yeah. They need those other four guys. They need one or two of those guys every game, and they just didn't get that this game. Yeah, they need one of those two guys, or they need one or two of those guys to get 15 to 20, right, I, f- I feel like. And Tim Hardaway had 10, Dorian had 5, Seth had 5, uh, and Maxi only had two points in this game. So just one of those guys has to step up. And they scored 118 points, but – you have your bench scoring, you know, a bunch with Antonius and JJ both scoring 14. Trey Burke scored nine points off the bench. They played an extended run, so that's not really realistic to get for the rest of, you know, the bubble play. But all right, coming up, let's get into some more of this game. I do want to talk about Kristaps Porzingis. Thought he had a really good first half, at least a really good first quarter. Luca also played well. Luca almost, almost bit the dust. Almost got completely run over. Almost got squished, squashed, whatever you want to say. So we'll talk about that coming up, and then we'll hear from Luca and Porzingis about how they are preparing for the Houston Rockets. So we'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, Isaac, start your morning with the news that matters in just 10 minutes. Axios Today host Nyla Boodoo and a team of award-winning journalists will bring you the latest analysis and insight into the trends that are shaping our world. Start your day with Axios. And Isaac, you like to put some money down. We have board bets, you know? Always. Always. And say it with me, Isaac. Sports are back. Sports are back. back. We're talking about a real Mavs game. It didn't necessarily matter, but it was a scrimmage game. We've been waiting for sports to come back since March, and now the only thing that's on our minds right now is my bookie. My bookie is a home run, a slam dunk, a triple double, game winning shot, all wrapped into one, and we love it. You love it. It's the thing you need to hear to start your betting today. My bookie has up to the minute odds on all your favorite teams. The start of Major League Baseball right around the corner. The Rangers are starting already. We had a socially distant brawl. On Tuesday night, which was just the most hilarious thing I've ever seen, you can go bet with my bookie. It's easy. You bet, you win, and they pay you. If you're feeling good about your team's chances this year, be sure to check out my bookie's World Series future bets. Nothing shows you that you believe in your team like betting on them before the season's even begun. Isaac, how are you feeling about our Reds this year? Um, not a good start right now. <laughs> not a great start. But why stop with baseball? Smart bettors are always looking towards the future, and in this case, that means basketball, hockey, football, all kinds of things. My bookie is already accepting bets on your favorite NBA, NHL, and NFL games. There's never been a better time to start exploring the world of online sports betting. Join today, and my bookie will match your deposit 100%. Plus, they'll toss you. Uh, free $10 MLB future wager. All you got to do is enter the promo code locked on NBA when signing up. So you get $10 free on an MLB future wager if you enter the promo code locked on when locked on NBA when signing up. Remember, at my bookie, the terms are simple you bet, you win, they pay. Use the promo code locked on NBA. All right, Isaac Harris. Let's talk a little bit about Chris Porzingis. I thought he had a really good first quarter. He had uh, 14 points, uh, 13 points and five boards just in the first quarter. He had just had a really good stretch there. We hit a couple threes. He had a shot over Al Horford in the post where he had a pretty good seal on him. He hit another shot that was like, uh, I think Skin Wade called it a cousin of the Dirk Nowitzki one-legged fade. It was kind of like that. He had an and one, hit the shot, hit the free throws. I thought he had a really good first quarter. And for him, it's all about 
putting those things, like stringing that together, right? I wish we would have been able to string together a good first quarter and a second quarter because he finished the half with 14 points. So that means he only scored one point in, in the second quarter. So it's, with him, it's all about consistency. But what did you see out of him in the first quarter? I thought he looked fresh. Uh, you know, we talked about going into this game that, you know, this was going to be kind of a bigger game. I mean, I guess the as big as the was going to be there. For, yeah, but even just his last, uh, just being the last scrimmage game with him not playing the second game because he missed the COVID test. And in the first game, he only played in 15 minutes. Uh, you wanted him to go out in th- this last scrimmage game and get his legs back and, you know, hit some shots, at least feel good going into Friday. Because if he came out in this game and played, you know, 20, 25 minutes and didn't play very well and looked stiff and everything, you you would be kind of worried going into Friday. I'm like, okay, well, crap. Like, he didn't have that much run in before that first game against Houston. But, yeah, I mean, I, I thought he – it almost felt, felt like Dallas was making a point to really get him going in that game. Because, he, I mean, he got the ball, like you said. I mean, he had a nice turnaround over Horford, hit a couple threes. It's two of four from three tonight. And, um, yeah, I, I was super impressed with what I saw from from KP. 12 rebounds uh, on the night, too. So, I liked everything that I saw from KP. Yeah, especially in the first quarter. And he finished the game. What did he finish with? 12 rebounds? That's huge. I mean, 12 rebounds in just under 27 minutes. I mean, this is Porzingis that was averaging, what, six rebounds a game when he came to the Mavericks? Uh, I think that's that's massive for him to be able to, to, to grab that. He also, uh, I don't think he played great defense in the paint, but he's definitely capable of that. We've seen that already so far in these scrimmages. But 17 points, 12 boards, just under just under 27 minutes. 13 of those came in the first quarter. I think that the way that he can score it, I think that the you know the mid-range shots and things like that are going to be super important. We talk about this all the time, but it was good to see him get some shots underneath him. Seven of nine really from nice the free throw line to, as well. Really nice pass to Luca uh, on that cut. The high-low entry pass. Yeah, that was a really really nice pass by KP. Uh, seven of nine from free throw. I mean. Sure, we'll take that. That's pretty good. He got to the line, so I mean, yeah, he, yeah. I mean, he shot nine nine free throws in twenty six minutes of play tonight. So I uh, like that, and yeah, I was happy for this last scrimmage game. I was really happy with what I saw from KP. I mean, he, yeah, he he did miss what seven shots tonight, four of eleven from the field. But hey, he should be uh, good to go for Friday against the small ball Rockets. Right, and as long as you make that up on the free throw line, which he did, right? You know, that's kind of the whole efficiency. You know, model. As long as you can make up those missed shots at the free throw line, and you know, hitting a couple threes, which he hit two of those in the first quarter. Uh, Luca at times seemed like he was the only Maverick that could score. <laughs> you know, especially in that second quarter, and then in the third quarter, he had twenty three points, seven boards, six assists, another stat stuffing game for him. He played just over twenty six minutes. Uh, like you said, the connect four, the rest of those guys really needed to step up, and we just didn't get any one of them to really, uh, you know, to really start hitting. And that's when this Mavericks team has problems because they're really relying on their offense. I mean, you, we can talk about yes. stepping up on the defensive end, but they need to outscore teams right now to be able to to win games. And Luca, I mean, Luca kept them in the ball game in the third quarter because, I mean, like we said, KB finished with with seventeen points, but he had thirteen of those in the first quarter, right? And so one in the second quarter, so he scored three yes, points in the third quarter that they sucked in. Literally, I mean, Nick and I were texting in the third quarter, and I was like, "Hey, there's just no other offense on the floor." I mean, when Seth, if you know, KP's not scoring at that point, Seth only had five points tonight. Is one of six from three. Kind of came back down the earth to a little bit uh, tonight. And Luca, literally, it was like he saw it, and he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of put the team on my back a little bit." I think Harp and um, 
Mark and them, they were even saying the same thing. Like, hey, he's like he's just leading the team right now. It's the Luca show. And uh yeah, I mean that that's for a, a top ten player in the league who should be the most improved player in the league. Hey, he, we uh, voted for him. That's heck yeah, we did. Um yeah, he should he should that's what they do. That's what top ten players do. They put the team on their back. They absolutely do. They just, you just hope that if this team wants to go far, they want to win a playoff series. Some of those other guys have to step up for sure in order to uh you know, to win some of these games, especially a game without, I mean, I don't want to keep going over the, the third quarter, but uh, allowing allowing 38 points to a team without Embiid or Simmons, I mean, gosh, yeah, that was awful. And then not, not outscoring them as well. It's not like it was a pace thing necessarily. I, I do want to say too, Matisse Steibel is a incredible defender like i mean he is and a lot of people really praise his defense what second second year in the league i think he was a rookie last year yeah rookie last year second second year in the league and um man no this is his rookie year is it really yeah he was drafted 2019 oh never mind yeah well but still i mean rookie but he's he's developed already uh you know a reputation as a really good defender in the league a guy that you know, uh, us media people, like, you know, we always adopt these random players like this. We're like, oh, man, this guy is sneaky, like, really, really good at something that's not necessarily, you know, flashy, like, scoring or, you know, assists or whatever. And, and Matisse Tybel seems to be that media darling kind of player. Yeah, and, and I think he is. He's a really good wing defender. And there were times tonight that Luca. I mean, it was just like he viewed it as like, hey, he's just another guy. And <laughs> that one, uh, like, kind of ISO, kind of, it was kind of a long post up a little bit. I mean, he just took it right to him. I mean, a shot, foot, I mean, that's the type of stuff to where most people kind of shy away, or most guys, or most teams kind of shy away from like ISO possessions on a guy like Tybal. And I mean, pff, freaking Lucas is like, hey, I'm just going to get to the rim at ease against this guy. And that's it. It's like, woof. Those plays, I just walked, shook my head. I'm like, all right, you can do that against anybody. Luca had several times, too, where he was able to grab like an offensive rebound. I think two different times he grabbed offensive rebounds over Tybal and was able to put back his own misses, which is just – I mean, that's just huge for a player. That's some, that's one part of Luca's game we don't talk about enough, I don't think. The fact that he can go in, you know, finish around the rim. But even if he doesn't finish, he can get his own misses as well. And uh, he's not like Zion being able to, you know, put back his own misses. But he can grab the board, put it back up. He's 6'8". Matisse Tybal's only 6'5". So you have this wing defender that's known for defending wings. And Luka's three inches taller than him already. That's, you know, a huge advantage over somebody like that. There was a moment tonight that one of my biggest pet peeves in basketball happened. And it was the Mavericks did it, and I was very frustrated. Was it the I, the the you know towel boy that was mopping the floor and almost tripped Luca? Not that one. No, not that. <laughs> was one. it the camera operator that sped up the camera as it was running into Luca and almost like we murdered ha- him? We have to talk about conspiracy theories on that. Yeah, we'll second. have to get to that. One of my pet peeves in basketball is when there's like thirty something seconds left on the clock, and a team will completely throw away a, an offensive possession just to get the last shot drives me nuts how a team the quick two for one yes i'm like why throw away like you're not even guaranteed a shot 
like at the end like what if the other team comes down and gets their own rebound then you don't even get a shot so many teams throw away possession with 32 seconds on a shot and will shoot and like or on the clock and it's like it happened tonight and Luca like let the ball roll and then he threw it real quick to Seth and Seth launched this three with like 30 something seconds and they got the rebound whatever I think ironically I think it's the quarter that Luca actually came back down and had the layup at the buster uh, of the end of the <laughs> he got the good quarter. shot at the end <laughs> he actually did but gosh every time that drives me nuts when any team does that like they just give away an offensive possession just for the chance at getting the last shot I'm like oh my god <laughs> yeah it's like they, they decide for two bad shots instead of one you know solid look at it yes yes yeah yes uh all right um, okay, coming up, let's talk more about the fourth. We'll talk about Antonis Cleveland a little bit, J.J. Bray at the end. Uh, we may have to talk about Josh, uh, Justin Jackson a little bit. We may have to get into Woo! that. And then we'll hear Justin from uh, Luca and KP as they prepare for Houston coming up on Friday. All right, Isaac, let's talk a little bit more about that. Uh, let's talk about Luca. I'm fending for his life tonight. Booby traps all over the arena. Just, I mean, the video is on my my Twitter at Nick Van Exit. You can go follow me there. You can also follow Isaac at Isaac L Harris and at Locked On Mabs. You can follow us. But the video, Luca's running for a loose ball towards the you know the uh, out of bounds line towards the camera basically, and there's nobody over there but media, and it's it's dark. Like there's no lights on over there. And Luca goes running over there. He stops at what should be the other scorer's table or the broadcast table, but there's no one there. It's just like a, you know, a barrier, basically. He stops there. He, he's leaning over the ball. He has the ball at his stomach. He's looking down at the ground. He's leaning over. And all of a sudden, a camera on a track, like at a movie set, basically, is rolling down the sideline. And when Luca stops and starts bending over, the camera speeds up. And go is going right towards Luca, barreling towards him. It would have knocked him off his feet if he would have hit Luca a direct hit. And yet, Luca, with just the incredible court vision that he has, the reflexes, the step back ability, is able to evade the camera, step back. He said it was like a Matrix movie. That was Luca's own words after the game. He's able to avoid the camera and he's able to, to save himself from harm. And then, Isaac, if that wasn't bad enough. Later in the game, Luca, after a, you know a play is blown dead, is walking trying to get the basketball, and all of a sudden, he almost gets tripped up, and one of his feet came out from under him, and he had to just land. He has the the correct landing mechanics to land on his other foot when the one foot was knocked with the the broom. He's able to land correctly. He's able to regain his balance with the the incredible you know durability that he has, and he's able to regain his balance. And he didn't get knocked over by the towel boy with the broom. And I just think that Lucas showed incredible, incredible fortitude in those two moments. He should be on all NBA. He should be most improved. Heck, he should be on MVP ballots out there. Luka Doncic. Top 10, top 5 player in the NBA. I just, like, who's behind it? We just need to know who's behind operating the camera. Someone's got it out for him. Do we know for sure if Rashad Phillips is working for the NBA? Is Rashad Phillips in the bubble? Is the camera better than Alonzo Trier? Is Travis Schlenk in the bubble? He wants to prove that the Hawks won that trade. Is Tyler Ford, the referee, in the bubble? (laughs) (laughs) Throwback. Throwback. Is Vlade Divac somehow 
in control Ooh. of the camera operation and then also maybe slipped the uh the towel boy a couple dollars to be able to uh you know that's good be able to like hey just is just Dennis smith just, no, just, <laughs> just, kidding, just kidding. is harrison Bar- <laughs> <laughs> who is it who's behind who it? it is send it to us but on twitter let I, us know i think brad actually tweeted at the game that, that after that moment they shut the camera down yeah they, they did and i said twitter <laughs> bullying works again and then dwight powell and courtney lee apparently went over to the camera to investigate it to try and look at and to see what it was doing and they gave it like an angry eye or something a little yoda pops up on the like camera (laughs) talk soon (laughs) talk soon we will Uh, while we're talking about like uh, in arena stuff what did you think about the fans at the beginning of the game all right the The fan thing was so weird so they actually had fans (laughs) they actually had virtual fans and what we mean by that if you didn't watch the game was it was webcams of all there's probably only 20 of them because they repeat they repeat people right there's like 80 spots for fans on all these boards, and they repeated people. So there's definitely only like 20 of them. They get this quick, they, this really low latency feed, meaning that it's almost it's almost exactly on real time. The feed that we watch, especially on League Pass, is behind the real thing. But they got a, a, a you know a quicker one, so they'll be able to react in real time. And then they're on the board there, and we're supposed to be able to hear them as like a crowd noise. I don't think I heard them at all, but. No. It was hilarious to me because I don't think they affected the game at all. It was very, it's very weird looking because everyone looks completely different. Their lighting is all different. The size of their heads are all different because they're sitting closer or farther away from their webcam. Also, I told you that there's repeated people. So there's like this guy, this bald guy with a green shirt. He was very visible there. I saw him four different times on the, on the video board and if he gets up and leans towards the camera, his big bald head goes closer to the camera and then he does that one time on, on one video and then the other video will go like a second after that. And then the other video will go a second after that. And the other video will go a second after that. So it's like not simultaneous. It's sequentially that they go. Wow. And so they're not all synced up. I thought it was so weird looking. I mean, the NBA is trying something. I applaud them for trying, but yeah, it was weird, especially since we couldn't hear them on the broadcast, at least the Mavs one, maybe on the Sixers one they did. Yeah. Um, I'm out. So, <laughs> and because of that, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out on it. And, we need to do a Shark um, Tank segment on this show for something. <laughs> One of us pitches this idea yeah. to each other. Like, no, no, I'm because sorry. of those reasons, I'm out. I'm out. Uh, but yeah, like Nick said, I, I mean, uh, cool that they're like trying to think of cool things to do, but I'm just in this scenario, I'm down for them just to put like graphics on the board or whatever. So out on the virtual fans. I liked what the heat you know what they did for the heat right where they have just videos of fans that were at games right where you're able to just play that well, I'd rather that, have that they looked like Game of Thrones giants on the screen I'd rather have like that three. than repeated you know heads of webcam people <laughs> it's like three Boban tall lady <laughs> sitting there screaming it's like sit down Karen what did you think about Antonius Cleveland JJ Barea in overtime in the fourth quarter both of them scored 14 points I thought Antonius Cleveland at the five was a good wrinkle <laughs> <laughs> hey, we are fans of Antonius Cleveland, friend of the pod. He's been on yeah, this podcast before, and uh, we, yeah, we we were very open that we liked him the first time he came through Dallas. Then he got hurt, and now he's back. But I mean, I think I think he's been playing well. Uh, I've always liked him more than Josh Rees. I like Josh Rees too, but I've just been more. Uh, I just like Antonius Cleveland's game, and I think the biggest question is when time matters. 
should he play over Justin Jackson? Yeah, uh, Antonio Cleveland's like four years older than Josh Reeves, too, so you'd expect him to, to probably be a little bit better at this point in his career. But, yeah, will he play over – I think you said Josh Jackson, too. I almost said that earlier, but Justin Jackson. Did I say? Yeah, oh. you said Josh Jackson. Either one. Uh, but, yeah, I thought Antonio Cleveland showed some good stuff in this game, finishing uh, – he hit two threes in this game, which is weird because he's not really known as a three-point shooter, but he's hitting all these threes in the bubble so far. So maybe it's just been better for him to practice with the NBA team, get better shots, get better looks. But in the G League, he hasn't been that great at three-point shooting. So good stuff from Antonio Cleveland. J.J. Barea had – one of the greatest passes that we've seen so far. Uh, just almost a full court pass with one hand, like in the air. JJ Bray jumps, throws a baseball pass with one hand, his right hand, to Justin Jackson. And then the other end of the floor, Justin Jackson grabs the ball wide open, no one around him, and he misses a wide open layup. I mean, <laughs> this was not Justin Jackson's best game. I think he had five points, four boards, two assists, and two steals. So, like, that kind of looks good in. Uh, his 27 minutes or so, but he had some bad turnovers. He had some passes that probably should have been turnovers, but players caught it just in time. He had some weird defensive things. He was missing shots. I don't think he shot well in this game. Uh, we don't want to, you know, dogpile on him, but he was two of six from the floor. Uh, just not one of his greatest games. And I think Antonio's Cleveland should get some time and run over him. It's just size is a big difference for those two guys. Tony's Cleveland six five six four. Justin Jackson's like six eight six nine. Hey, you said that Cleveland was listed as six foot six. Oh, so, did I? Um, he's listed at six five. Uh, okay, never mind. But, on NBA.com, uh, maybe I looked on a different site somewhere else. I immediately went to Kirk Henderson's Twitter after <laughs> Justin Jackson missed a shot. But no, I mean in a realistic sense, they're going to shorten the rotation probably come uh, maybe not the seeding games, but come playoff time yeah. and. After those top six guys, then you're probably looking at DeLon Wright, uh, Bulbon, depending on the matchup. But in a perfect world, you want Justin Jackson probably getting minutes there because you got to have some wings outside of DeLon Wright. And honestly, I mean, who's who's next? I would have loved to see, like, we don't know exactly what's going on with MKG right now, but that's the Justin Jackson spot. And, you know, if MKG came in and, like, played some good minutes defense-wise tonight, if he played, like, then, then you'd be like, all right, well, he's the natural upgrade. Or I don't want to say upgrade. Like, he's the natural replacement of Jackson at that point. But right now they're almost kind of like wild cards and what you're going to get in Justin Jackson and MKG. But I've been really impressed press with Cleveland just I mean heck if Carlisle wants to play Cleveland at a small ball five like he did in scrimmage tonight surely he can play him at three or four spot right right at that point uh yeah so we're hoping for some more Antonio's Cleveland minutes and uh yeah still not sure what's up with with MKG did you hear what Carlisle said yesterday about MKG because it sounded to me like it sounded to me like injury I, I talked about it yesterday but hopefully we'll hear more about him coming up uh, all right let's just end here Let's hear from Luca and Borzingis about how they're preparing for Houston coming up and uh, the, you know, the game on Friday. This is just something quick for them. And there's a couple things in here I thought were interesting. So here's Luca and Porzingis. Well, you know, the playing small ball is going to be different. You know, uh, we got to we, we're working on that for about a week, you know, studying them. And they have two amazing players. And, you know, we're going to have to stop them. You know, we're just going to prepare hard on, on their on their offense. Um. I think we're ready to go. I think it's just more um, of us maybe not uh, leaning as much on our talent and uh, our, our, like a lot of a lot of times there are situations in game when we just lean on our talent. You know, we, we know we're going to be able to do certain things just because we can score the ball and so on. 
and I think we have to catch ourselves in those moments and and uh, and uh, just come out ready. Uh, like third quarter, you know, third quarter we can do a better job of coming out ready. And and uh, at the end of the day, we still you know won the game. And uh, but what we can do is is is, is not have those moments in the game. So, a couple things I wanted to mention from there. Luca said that they've been working on Houston stuff for, you know, a, a week now. They've been working on, you know, the Houston game and their game plan and specifically he was responding to a question about how, you know, Houston plays small ball and how they, you know, they play small, they don't play any centers and things like that. And Luca said they've been practicing against that and working on that for a week. I thought that was notable. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and I mean, this game is huge for them. Because if they want to pass Houston, this is a, a massive game for this. And uh, I don't think the, the NBA obviously knew this with uh, scheduling these first two nights of basketball. And it's going to be primetime TV between Luka and Harden. And in this game of like all offense, this is the ultimate. Okay, over under 240 total points on Friday. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go over. Both over 120. Okay, yeah, I'll take the over too. I just think it's just gonna be. I mean, I think Skin alluded to. I wonder it tonight, if you. Like, I wonder what the my bookie thing on it is. I'll look it up while you're talking. Oh gosh, um, I think Skin alluded to it tonight. It's like, hey, in the bubble, you know, I think he was just talking about the offense there, whether in regards to like defense and stuff. But, um, I'm expecting a super high scoring game, and they're ready for it. And the last time they played Houston, what KP had like 35. Luca didn't play in that game, and uh, we'll see. And the big thing tonight, I think, for that game on Friday is uh, news trickling out. Woj tweeted out about Eric Gordon's injury, and I mean, we're talking about a top six, top top seven uh, rotation for a team. Eric Gordon is in that rotation for Houston, and uh, he's a good basketball player. And it looks like he's going to be out for Friday night, so. Uh, even more time for James Harden and Russell Westbrook to have the basketball, which I'm <laughs> sure they're they are not uh, they're okay with that. Yeah, I think I think they're going to be okay <laughs> with those guys with the basketball. So uh, they're preparing for it. They're already getting ready for it, guys. Uh, we will be back. I think I have another pod with uh, the Lockdown Rockets guy Jackson. So we will uh, talk to him, you know, about the Rockets and their game plan and all that, guys. We appreciate you, Luke. Thanks for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom.